Well, good morning, church. It's so great to be with you this morning on this first Sunday of December. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And today we start a new series called Nothing Can Cancel Christmas. And I want to talk to you about people will never cancel Christmas today as we begin this new series. Now, the first century world into which Jesus was born was a very chaotic time. You may feel like our nation and our world is in a very chaotic time and who would want to have a baby at this time of the year or, or what, what, what's going on in our, in our nation and our world. Well, it was the same kind of a situation when Jesus was born into the world. It was a chaotic time. For example, the place where Jesus was born was in political turmoil. Uh, doesn't that sound familiar where we're at in our nation today? Uh, there were many plots and revolutionists, uh, revolutions taking place in the land during that time. For example, the Jews had their own super patriots. They were called zealots and, and they were determined in overthrowing Rome during that time. And when Jesus was born in Rome, Rome was basically the bully of the world. Maybe there's a kid that was a bully in your class and kind of like oversaw the whole class and whatever he said or she'd said, everyone kind of went with the flow. Well, it's the same way with Rome. Rome was the bully of the Rome of the world because Rome crushed nation after nation. It taxed people like crazy. It could do whatever it wanted. And Israel was under Roman rule and basically was helpless to do anything that it desired to do during that time. This is when Jesus was born. And then the king on top of that was a crazy man. His name was Herod. He was a cruel leader who, who even put members of his own family to death when he heard that they were plotting to do some things against him. And on top of all of those things that I just mentioned, Israel hadn't heard from God for over 400 years. Some of you, you know, you get frustrated when you don't hear from God or what you need to do in, in a day or a week or a month. Could you imagine 400 years of complete silence? Well, that was what was happening for the Israelites. There was no prophet, there was no miracles, there was little reverence for uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there was very little true worship during that time in the temples. It was a very a quiet time for the church and and all in all things were a mess you might feel like your life is in a mess you might feel like our nation is in a mess you might feel like circumstances that surround you are a mess this is exactly the things that were happening when Jesus was born but in the midst of all the mess in the midst of all the drama and all the fighting for power and position that were taking place in the land God said it's time for his son to be born to be born to come from heaven to earth so we read in Luke 2 1 through 7 and it now says this as we read together. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken through the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now, friends, Luke begins this version of the Christmas story mentioning Caesar Augustus, the nephew of Julius Caesar. Now, now it was said that Augustus, that he was one of the most powerful of all the Caesars in Rome. In history books, it was said that he came to Rome and it was a city that was made of bricks, but when he left it, it was a city made out of marble. So a census had to be taken, and because of that, it forced Joseph and Mary to travel to the town of Bethlehem. Now, I think when it comes to um, our circumstances in our lives, it's real easy to ask ourselves, who really determines our history? 
If you think about it, friends, if you're, if you're a child, it's usually your parents that determine your history. If you're a teenager, what you can or can't do while you're living under their roof. Others might say it's politicians that determine our history, where, where our nation's going to go, or what laws are going to be passed, or something like that. Or maybe some people think that those that have a lot of money and have a lot of power are the ones that determine our history and where we're going to go with this thing called life. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a Christian, we have to choose to walk by faith and believe that God is not only the ruler of all things, but sometimes God will even use ungodly rulers like in Luke 2 or ungodly circumstances to accomplish his ultimate plan and divine purpose for our lives like he did with his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. You see, church, nothing can cancel Christmas. Not even people can cancel Christmas. You see, church, I want to encourage you this morning that when God gets ready to move, he doesn't focus on the mess around us and neither should we remember what i told you when jesus was born what was going on there was political turmoil there was a mad king that was on the throne named herod there was silence for the church and for israel i should say where they hadn't heard from prophets i mean talk about a time when you wouldn't think this is a mess why would you even want to bring jesus into a world like this wouldn't you want to bring jesus into a world where there's a lot of peace and and everyone was in harmony and so forth it was a mess but when god gets ready to move no, he doesn't focus on the mess, and neither should we. Now, Bethlehem was a small, modest town in that time. The Hebrew word for Bethlehem means house of bread. And the prophet Micah, who lived over 700 years before the birth of Christ, said in Micah 2, O Bethlehem, you are but a small Judean village, yet you will be the birthplace of my king, who is alive from everlasting past ages. I don't know about you, but maybe when you were a kid, you were involved in a Christmas play. Maybe you were uh, the little drummer boy, or you were one of the wise guys, I mean the wise men, or, or maybe you were uh, a tree, or a sheep, or who knows what, or maybe you were even maybe Mary and Joseph, or maybe uh, you were baby Jesus, or something of that nature. Now most of us, when we think about those plays that kids did in, in, in during the Christmas plays, uh, there's one person in most of the plays that is usually the villain. He's usually the bad guy, or as they say on Wreck-It Ralph, bad guy, um, you know. And, and this, this person, do you know who it might be? You might be thinking, well, who's the villain in this Christmas story? I can't think. It's the innkeeper. But before we label this guy some kind of a monster, we need to take a pause for a moment because I think a lot of times we can relate to the innkeeper. What do I mean by that? It's not that we're bad people, but most of the times we're very busy people. We're very busy people. When I think about Christmas, I want us to understand the actions of this innkeeper and the setting that he and his family were dealing with. Remember, I said the census was taking place in the land. And in his book, God Came Near, author and pastor Max Lucado offers an insightful angle to the arrival of Jesus from heaven to earth. Uh, he stated that everyone coming to Bethlehem in Luke 2, including the innkeeper, was just so busy during that time because of the census that was taking place. And to be honest, people back then weren't really even looking for Jesus the Messiah during that time because of the census. Now this Christmas season, I wonder how many hearts have been preoccupied during this season of the year because of COVID-19. Or, or maybe I wonder how many people have canceled even looking for Christ like they should because of all the things that are surrounding them with civil unrest and, and economic uncertainty and 
political turmoil and, and disease and, and all sorts of things that are surrounding us, financial woes or whatever it may be? Are the parts of people filled with the cares of life? Are, are your, is your heart filled with the cares of life or the stresses of this world? Or, or maybe there's someone you know that seems to have selfish desires or is just so wrapped up on what's happening around them that there's little or no room for Christ this Christmas. I'm pretty sure that the innkeeper had, had he known who was going to be born in his, in his place, he would have made room for sure. He would have made a suitable room for Mary and Joseph. But the stable seems like an unlikely place for the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I mean, as a husband, I would never want Therese to give birth to one of our children in a barn. Um, you know, surrounded by animals and the smell of animals and the things that animals do and so forth. But the sable did have one thing that the inns lacked on that frigid night. You know what they had? You know what the stable had? It had room. It had room. Apparently in Bethlehem that night, a plush accommodation was not as needed as, as room. Room was the thing that was really needed during that time. So to his credit, the innkeeper did provide that king, uh, that, that for that king born as a baby, he provided room. And as a follower of Christ, what I love about Christmas is that it's a wonderful time to do an open house. It's a wonderful time for us to do inventory in our hearts to make sure that every room in our life is open to him and what he wants to do. Unfortunately, church, when Jesus came down from heaven to earth, he declared that nothing can cancel Christmas. That's what I love about Christ. Nothing can cancel Christmas, not even a circumstance or not even people. And he came to redeem us. Jesus came to give us life. And because of Jesus, he opened up a way that leads us directly to God because of his birth, because of his life, because of his ministry, not, and, and his death on the cross as well, and his resurrection from the grave three days later. Unfortunately, church, a lot of people may not be thrilled about the birth of Jesus and Christmas, and some might even wish it was canceled altogether. We live in a day and age when people passionately love Jesus. We live in a day and age while many have no opinion about God, and then there's some that who adamantly hate Christianity and hate Jesus. And when we look at Herod's actions towards Jesus, it's clear that he was threatened by him. Fear it began to exist in his heart, and he did everything possible to snuff out Jesus' life during that time. We read in Matthew 2, 16, it says, so, when, so what did Herod do when he heard about the king of the Jews from the Magi who were looking for this king? Herod became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinities from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Now, can you imagine what it was like to live in Bethlehem at that time when he made the decree. I mean, we look at TV and we look at what's happening in our nation and just the civil unrest and, and all the things that are taking place and the rioting and all sorts of stuff and life being taken in, Chicago, in places like Chicago. Could you imagine soldiers marching through the streets and going from house to house and killing babies and toddlers? I mean, that had to have been, uh, the slaughter of such innocent children was deplorable. And as a parent, I can't even begin to fathom what this was like for mothers and fathers of those children. It, was, it had to be horrible. It had to be a sickening experience to see. But friends, let me tell you this. When God gets ready to act, when God gets ready to act, obstacles and cancellations are irrelevant in his eyes. 
You see, Herod may have been a king by human appointment, but Jesus was king and he was made by divine appointment. He was made by divine appointment. And no one can cancel out God's plans. No one can cancel out the plans that God has for your life, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your marriage, for your relationships, for your careers, for your education. No one can cancel out God's plans for our lives. Amen? Now, prior to the decree that the, the mad king, King Herod made, God, being all-knowing, saved his only son Jesus from such travesty as these soldiers were going home to home and village to village in that area. It says in Matthew 2, 13 through 14, Now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I, until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. Now, why did Herod try to cancel Christmas? Why did Herod try to cancel Christ out? Because his life was based on insecurity. His life was based on fear. His life was based on jealousy and pride and selfishness. And, and, and those are the reasons people still reject Christ today. Or they want to cancel Christmas in our modern world because there's insecurity, or there's fear, or there's jealousy, or there's pride, or there's just a self-centered heart. But no matter how people around us react to Jesus or literally try to cancel Christmas, we as Christians have to make a decision, and that is we have to continually choose to love and worship Him no matter what comes our way. So as we close um, this message this morning, I want you to discover four ways of how not to cancel Christ out of your life this Christmas. And the first point I want to encourage you with is avoid any distractions. Everyone say distractions. Avoid distractions that might hinder you from focusing on what Christmas is all about. I mean, look at your life right now. Ask yourself, is there anything that might pre pre be preventing me from making room for Christ in my heart or in my life? during this time of the year. You see, Matthew 6, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteous, and he will give everything you need. You see, when God came and he sent his son, it was a mess. You might be distracted by the messes around your life. I want to encourage you to avoid focusing on those distractions. Avoid it. Number two, offer Christ a gift this Christmas and every day thereafter. Now, as you're looking at your list checking it twice, seeing who's naughty or nice. You know, you might be thinking, okay, or you might even be asking your kids, what do you want for Christmas? Honey, what do you want for Christmas? Um, you might be thinking about people in your life, family, friends, your coworkers, and it's great to make a list, but don't forget to make a list of what God wants. Offer Christ a gift this Christmas. Maybe give him your life. Maybe give him the, the gift of your time or your talents or your treasures or your career or your relationships. All that I have belongs to you. And I want to encourage you, as you're thinking about your list this, this week or this month, don't forget to offer Christ a gift. Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let, let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Maybe it's been a while since you've worshiped God. You've lifted your hands towards him. You've, you've began to give him acclamations of praise and glory and you've ascribed greatness to his name. Maybe that's the gift you need to start doing is giving him the gift of worship. Number three, here's another way that you and I can avoid um, canceling Christ out of our life this Christmas. And number three is this, share your testimony with someone. Share your testimony of what God has done for you. 
of how he's been faithful to you. Share the good news of the gospel. I love what it says, for unto you a Savior is born. That has to be the best sermon title ever. Think about it, friends. For unto you a Savior is born. For us to share the good news of the gospel. Because when we do that, friends, here's what happens. We become other-centered and not self-centered. When we share our faith, we become other-centered and not self-centered. I love what Philippians 2, 4 says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Maybe you can do a random act of kindness to your neighbor. And if they say, why are you doing this for me? You can share your faith. You can share your testimony of God's goodness and how he has supplied for you and how you you want others to taste and see that the Lord is good from baking them cookies or whatever it may be. And the last thing is this, focus on filling your mind with God's word. Focus on filling your mind with God's Word. I want to encourage you, we need to do that more than filling our minds with social media or media or the things of this world. I love what the Bible says in Philippians 4.8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Church, I want you to remember that the truth of the gospel doesn't get old. It only gets better. It just keeps getting better. Now, Herod completely misunderstood the reason why Christ came to the earth. And I believe it's the same way in our culture. You see, Jesus didn't want Herod's throne. That wasn't why he came. He wanted to be the king of Herod's life. Jesus doesn't want to take things away from you. In reality, he wants to give people real freedom. He wants to give people real joy. He wants to give people real peace. So don't fear or reject Jesus, but rather give him the throne of your life by making room for him. You see, the innkeeper tried to cancel Christmas. Herod tried to cancel Christmas. But people will never cancel Christmas out, no matter what they say or what they do. So as every head is bowed and eyes are closed, unless you're driving, don't do that. I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. What is the mess that you've been dealing with today? Or perhaps this week or this month or even maybe a couple of hours ago or even this year? What is the mess that's surrounding you? Remember the mess that I told you when Christ came to this earth? The earth was a mess. The place that Jesus was going to be born was a mess. Number two, what distractions are hindering you from focusing on Christ this Christmas? Is there an area that's preventing you from making room in your heart for him? Perhaps you want to focus on filling your mind with God's word more than the things that surround you. And you, just where you're at, you're saying, God, that's me. I've been surrounded and focused on the mess more than the Messiah. And I want to make things right with you. Or maybe you've been filling your mind with the things of this world and they have surrounded you. And at this point, you want them to become a shadow in the likes of God's presence. Then tell them that cry out to the Lord. And number three, what gift are you willing to give to Christ this Christmas? Maybe it's your time, maybe it's your treasures, maybe it's your talents, maybe it's a relationship, a career, perhaps being more bold and courageous in sharing your faith and testimony about what Christ has done in your life. Maybe that's where you're at and you're saying, Father, I want to give you this gift. Tell them what it is right now. Tell them it's maybe the gift of kindness. Maybe it's time for him and his word. I don't know what it may be. And the last thing is this, maybe you're listening to me and you've never given Jesus Christ the heart, the reins of your heart and your life. And you can relate a little bit to the innkeeper or maybe even Herod and you you think that Christianity and Christ are going to take over your life. And, And what God wants to do is he wants to give you life. He wants to give it to you more abundantly. And you realize that maybe you've been playing games at the foot of the cross and today you want to rededicate your life to him.
or you want to give your life to him for the first time. If that's you, just repeat this prayer with me. Just say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. And I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness in Jesus' name. Friends, if you made that prayer, you made the greatest decision in your life. So let me pray for each and every single one of you as we wrap up today. Father, search our hearts, search our lives. Help us to always make room for you when it comes to our ways and to our values and to our lives. By your precious blood, Jesus, purge from our hearts any offensive ways or messes or distractions that have caused us to walk away from you. But Lord, let us be a time where we draw to you. At this time of reflection, help us to examine ourselves. And at this time of Christmas, may we exalt you because of your grace that you have so freely given us. Lord, I pray for those that are dealing with messes. Maybe it's financial, emotional, relational, spiritual, physical. Lord, I pray that you would touch them. Lord, maybe there's distractions and instead of focusing on the Messiah, they've been focusing on the mess and they've made no room for you. May they make room for you by giving you of their time or their talents or their treasures or their relationships or their careers or, or whatever it may be. May they say, all that I have belongs to you, Jesus. God, I thank you that, Lord, no matter what messes come our way, that doesn't distract you, that doesn't detour you from continuing to pursue us and to love us and to heal us. And so, Lord, we thank you today that nothing can cancel Christmas. In the name above all names, we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. Here's some great things that are coming up that Monty the Magnificent will share with you. And then I have a giving living moment. God bless you. We'll see you next week.